Hello, good human, and welcome to this week's episode of the Sunshine Project podcast. My name is Chloe, and I am, as always, bloody stoked to be sitting here talking to you right in your ears. I am sitting here this morning with an oat milk mocha. That's my drink of choice. And someone asked me today why I am doing this podcast. They asked what it's about and why I am investing time and love into this. And maybe they were asking because there's so many podcasts in the world in 2023. I know I put off creating a podcast for a little while because I got nervous about the fact that everyone's doing it. And the answer that came to me actually wasn't the one that I spent a literal entire episode on back in episode one, um, the introduction to the Sunshine Project. I said to them that I have been really lucky to have made some really beautiful friends over the last few years, which is quite rare as an adult, I think, to meet people that you just adore and you're just obsessed with and you just want to spend all of your time with. And I feel very lucky to have met these people. I feel very lucky to get to be in their lives and to get to have them in mind. But I said to the person who asked me, I just think there are a lot of people out there without those sorts of friendships. Like, you know, you hear people talking about it all the time. We are more connected than ever, but people are more lonely than ever. And that is to say that I guess I'm hoping that if you're someone who doesn't have those sorts of friends around you, who is really busy being a parent or with your job or managing a chronic illness or just living life or you just haven't found your people yet, I recommend going back and listening to the episode on friendship. But if you are one of those people, I really do hope that this podcast makes you feel like you have a friendship like that, where you just sit down with your cup of oat milk mocha or tea or wine or whatever and you get to just bask in friendship and adoration and ideas and that's the dream. Podcasting is such an intimate thing. Like I'm so aware that I am, as I said, just right in your ears right now and I don't know, that feels like friendship to me. If you would like to make sure that we are connected, not just one way, not just me into your ears, if you haven't joined our Facebook group, please do. It is the Sunshine Project podcast community and I avoid Facebook in general because I used to spend way too much time arguing with racist people in comment sections, but the group is just pure joy and it feels like we're all hanging out together and I would really love to see you there. With all that being said, uh, absolutely nothing about that has anything to do with what we are speaking about today because today, my love, we are delving into all things home. So as I said, I'm sitting here with my oat milk mocha and I am sitting in my studio, which sounds very fancy, but it's actually just a room at the end of sort of a long corridor in our beautiful home and it's full of light 
and when I look around, I am surrounded by windows. I can see lots of gum trees around me. I can see an olive tree. I can just see my fluffy cows in the distance. And then I'm surrounded by paddocks and I'm surrounded by vines. And then in the room that I'm in, there's lots of artwork on the walls and there are rugs on the floor and there is colour everywhere. And I'm really proud of this space. I am proud of finding our home and I'm proud of creating our home and I'm proud of sort of wrangling our home and keeping it feeling beautiful and homely, which doesn't always mean the same thing as tidy, but we'll get to that. And when I speak about home with you in this episode, I just want you to know that no matter what your home looks like, this is for you. I might sometimes fall into using language that sounds like I'm talking about a 140-year-old cottage on five acres of land because that's my home. But if your home is a bedroom in your parents' house or if your home is a dorm room at college or university, if you live in a caravan or you live in a rental that's falling down around you or if you live in a hundred-room mansion, I mean, must be nice. But also, I want you to know that anything that I speak about today can apply to you. Whatever your space is, whatever your home is, this is for you. And with that, I think we should step into this week's mindful moment. My love, you deserve to have a space that is warm and safe and comfortable. You deserve to have somewhere to come home to at night or in the morning. A space that calls to you. You deserve to be proud of your space. You deserve to sit in your space and let the feeling of, oh, my stars, this is beautiful, just wash over you. And you deserve to have that feeling and that experience, not for anyone else, not to show it off, not to parade it around, but because it is your nest. You deserve to have a little nest, a space, a home that sings to you. And that doesn't mean spending money and that doesn't mean buying things. It means a space that is all yours. I want you to just take a moment to think about the space you exist in. And in this moment, we are not going to think about jobs that need doing and we're not going to think about the never-ending to-do list. You're just going to think about one little slice of your space that makes you feel golden. It might be a window 
where the afternoon sun streams in. It might be a spot in the kitchen that makes you feel alive. It might be a little spot, a little nook that no one else has quite appreciated yet, but that you really do. I want you to imagine that you're in that space right now. That you're holding your cuppa or my hand and that you are letting that feeling of warmth and safety and pride just swell up until it's just brimming out of you. And that's how we're going to go into this episode. That's how we're going to step into this conversation with that little kernel of love for your space, no matter what your space looks like, no matter what your space feels like. You're going to be gripping onto that tightly, holding it close, and in we go. So the first thing I want to talk to you about today is finding your space. And when I say finding your space, what I'm talking about is finding your home maybe your home for now, maybe your home forever. I am going to be talking about buying a property, which as I say it, oh God, it just feels overwhelming, doesn't it? But we own our own home and there's a big caveat to that, which I'll share with you in just a second. Um, But we own our own home and all that I can do is come into this conversation, letting you know how I would recommend going about finding a home to buy and to live in for a really long time. But the caveat is that we bought our home in 2020. Actually, we bought our first home in 2015 or 2016. And we were really young. We were only 21. And back in 2015 or 2016, that was a reasonable thing to do. We actually got a little bit lucky. I was gifted about $10,000 for my 21st birthday from a family member. It was actually the $10,000 was meant to go towards paying my university fees, but I did not finish university. So they had this money that they had invested when I was really young. And on my 21st birthday, they took it out and it was no longer the small amount of money. Actually, I think they might have invested it when my father passed away, which is really beautiful now that I think about it. But anyway, look, we had some money and we were able to make a really small deposit. I think it was about a $15,000 deposit on our first house. And it was a lovely little place that had been (laughs) flipped. It had been renovated very cheaply. It was in a neighborhood that honestly we loved, but people that weren't from that neighborhood, people that grew up in places that were maybe a little bit fancier or a little bit, I'm doing little air quotes, Essa, than where we lived, were not so fond of the neighborhood. Like we used to get lots of comments. People would come over and literally say to our faces, I can't believe you live here. Or like, oh, is it scary here? It wasn't scary. It was lovely. All of the neighbours were really nice. There were lots of mental health challenges and sort of 
problems that come with living in a lower socioeconomic area. People people around were struggling, but people were also kind and friendly and helpful and this little place that didn't cost much money and that we could afford to live in was ours and we loved it. But the thing is, when we bought that house, that was just like a feasible thing to do. And when we bought this house, that was just something we could do. And I do have to be honest and say, if we had tried to buy our cottage six months later, I don't think we could have afforded it. A year later, no way. Now, three years after we bought our place, I just I just don't think we could. So while all I can do is speak from my experience, I also want to be realistic and transparent with you and say I understand that times are different and that times are much tougher now when it comes to owning a home. So please take this little section, finding the space with a pinch of salt because times are changing and hopefully things get easier. I'm absolutely not one of those people that's like, oh, good, my house value's gone up. I don't care. I We have a house. We have a roof over our head. And now we would like to stay here for a really long time. And I would prefer if houses were much more affordable so that everyone could have one. So a few things that I recommend considering if you are lucky enough to be in a position where you are looking to buy a home, the first thing I recommend considering is the location. And when I say consider the location, I don't just mean like whether it's close to the beach or whether it's close to shops, although they are really good things to consider. We used to be within walking distance of an IGA and we frequented that place at 10 p.m. often. But when I say location, I mean the truth is for the most part that the further away you get from a city, the more affordable it's going to be. So we live about 45 minutes from the city, but in Adelaide. So if we lived in Sydney or in Melbourne, we probably with traffic would be living a few hours from the city. We're very lucky to be in a state where you can live quite close and it's still like vaguely affordable or it was when we bought. But I do really recommend if you're someone that is looking for a place to live and live in for a really long time, I recommend maybe considering renting a place short term in a more rural area in the hills or in the country or away from the hustle and bustle because at least where we live, places that are a little bit further out are still affordable and they're still available. There are still vacancies because people just don't want to live there if they're not used to it. People move to the cities for work and for life and it's hard to fill those spots. So if you're open to a bit of an adventure, I recommend looking into location and seeing if there's a lifestyle further out that you might enjoy. Next, I really recommend the idea of trying before you buy. So as I've just alluded to, renting at the moment can be pretty tricky no matter where you're renting and like buying for the sake of it is just a notion that I don't think anyone can relate to right now. But I cannot speak highly enough of house sitting. 
So before Pat and I moved into our first home, we house sat probably a dozen times in different suburbs. And once you start house sitting, it's pretty easy to keep house sitting. So like we had a family friend that asked if we could look after their house and their dog while they went away. And we said yes. And then the next time one of their friends went away, this family friend said to them, oh, Chloe and Pat did a good job looking after my house. Why don't you ask them? And then we house sat there and then one of their family members did the same thing. And we ended up in getting to experience all these different parts of the suburbs around us and knowing where we liked being and where we didn't. And I think that's quite hard to tell from just doing an open inspection or a walk around. I think it was really valuable to be able to live in those different areas for just a week or two weeks. And if you don't have lots of family and friends around you, you can sign up to a website like AussieHouseSitters.com. Not sponsored. And actually, I also haven't even checked whether that still exists, but we use that for one of our house sits and it just paired us with a homeowner and we stayed there for a little while while they went away. And yeah, that's how we found out that we loved living where we used to live, even though it wasn't somewhere that we'd spent a lot of time before. Another recommendation I have for finding your space is getting on the list. Look, the thing is, I think it is incredibly difficult to find a house if you are not the squeaky wheel. And I know it shouldn't be that way. I know you should just be able to go in at face value on an auction day or on an open inspection or, you know, even an inspection if you're renting and you should be able to turn up and say, here I am. This is what I'd like to give you. I would like to live here, please. It is just not the case. There is so much that goes on in 2023 when it comes to buying a house that goes on under the table. And I don't mean to sound like shifty about that. I just mean when I knew what we wanted from our place, I called every single real estate agent's office in the area and I said, hi there, my name's Chloe Grayling. My number is, and then I said my phone number, and I said, we are looking to buy a home that was built between sort of 1850 and 1960. We'd really like some natural light. We'd like a big shed. We'd love it to be on at least 1,000 square meters and we are willing to pay this much. Please, please let me know if anything comes up that fits that bill. And over time I honed that and I added like, oh, we'd love some floorboards if that's possible or if there's an outdoor bathroom, that's amazing. But I kept calling every couple of months and just reminding people that we were there. And the reason that I did that is because when something came up that fit what we were looking for, it meant that real estate agents could call us directly and say, hey, I've had a house just come across my desk. I think it's a good fit for you. Do you want to come and have a look? And we would go and have a look. And if we loved that house or if anyone that did that sort of thing loved that house, it meant that the owners who were selling the house didn't have to worry about paying a photographer, a videographer, marketing fees, listing fees, any of that. They could just broker the sale privately with us. And that's not exactly how we ended up in finding our place, but we had a call from an agent who we were very firmly on the list of. We had called a number of times. We'd seen him at probably 20 open inspections. He knew exactly what we were after and he sent me a text about our house. And this place actually never ended up getting listed. 
It never went in magazines or catalogues. It never went online. It was just us and them. And like, on one hand, I hate that because I can't imagine, you know, wanting to find your dream place and then not even getting the chance to. Well, I can imagine that because I did that for quite a while before I started calling around, actually. But it's not really sneaky. It's not really underhanded. It just means that you will be front of mind for someone if something comes up. So highly recommend that. Highly recommend getting on the list. I also really recommend a mortgage broker. We had a lovely mortgage broker. I might post him in the Facebook group that I mentioned up the top. So if you would like a direct link to our mortgage broker, we don't get a kickback. We don't get money. He was just brilliant. He worked so hard to make sure that despite the fact that I had my own business and it was all a bit wobbly and I didn't work for anyone else and there were all these different things going on, he worked his tushy off to make sure that we got the loan for this house. He was brilliant to have and he just took so much stress out of it and he even sends us messages on our birthdays, on Christmas, on the anniversary of being in our home and look, that's not why I recommend him but it did make a stressful process feel so personal and so lovely. So I highly recommend a mortgage broker and I actually highly recommend probably a mortgage broker with their own business or from a small business just so you do get that sense of being across everything and everything feeling quite personal. When you have your home or when you're looking at buying or renting your place, another thing I recommend is renting out a room. We have done this everywhere we've lived. For the most part, we, Patrick and I, have not lived alone. Like we've had maybe a year or two of living completely on our own in the last 10 years. But in our old house, we rented out two bedrooms at different times. So we rented out one bedroom to our dear friend Lucas. And then he went overseas and we rented out the other bedroom to our dear friend Loretta. And that meant that they had a really affordable place to live. And we were able to pay the mortgage and like split the cost of bills and things without it being as financially stressful. Because for the first few years in our old home, I was well and truly and officially living under the poverty line at university, working as often as I could, not that often though. And yeah, it just still wasn't There were days that I would scrape through the couch cushions for money, but we were always able to pay our mortgage. And even here, we have what we call the bungalow, which is like a little house out the back of our house. It's like a granny flat or a, I don't know, it's a little building out the back. It's got a big living area and a bedroom and a kitchen and a bathroom. And that was here when we moved in. And we rent that again to Lucas and to his beautiful partner and our friend, Rachel, and they live out there. And in this situation, it's more like they're just neighbors that live very close to us than roommates. Like sometimes we'll go a week where we just vaguely see each other and have a wave. But I do recommend considering having someone live with you if you're living out of home. It's also really fun in my experience. I recommend maybe someone you have an established dynamic with, a friend or a friend of a friend, probably not family, that gets tricky, but yeah, 
I recommend looking into seeing if that will make your life a little bit easier and things a little bit easier to afford because it definitely has for us. And again, it's a win-win. Lucas and Rachel are able to save up to buy their own home while they're renting from us, which is pretty rare in this day and age. And we just love having them here. And the last thing I recommend considering when you are looking for a space is how much work that space is going to take. In our first home, we did absolutely no work on anything. Like we didn't really do any gardening. We didn't do any painting. We didn't do any, I don't know, washing of the windows. Like it was very much an early 20s it was like a batch pad, but I also lived there. So it was like a very bohemian batch pad. And that suited us so well for that stage in our lives. So if you are looking for somewhere and like it's lovely, but it's got a massive garden and you cannot do that, like you just know that you don't have the capacity to be looking after something like that. How are you going to make sure that your home is still loved and cared for and maintained and not falling down around you? while that space exists like just keep an eye on you know maybe somewhere with a small garden is perfect for you right now maybe somewhere with one bedroom is ideal it doesn't matter that your great uncle says that he would never live somewhere so small or that it's a bit pokey because if it's right for you right now then it's right for you right now and that is the dream and that's also the end of the episode my love thank you so much for joining me today for our mindful moment and for a little dive into finding your space and in two days time in part two of this home series we are going to be talking about creating your space so building your space curating your space just making your space yours and we're going to be talking about keeping your space which as I mentioned towards the top of this one is not keeping your space tidy it's keeping your space sunshiny I can't wait I'll speak to you then I love you good humor goodbye